Hello friends! Are you guys all pumped up for the new year, 2020? Have you made your new year resolution, a new change, new ideas that you want to implement, or perhaps thinking about a new career or transitioning into a new career in public health? In this episode, I will go over the top 20 emerging careers in public health in the year 2020. If you got any questions, feel free to connect with me. This is the What is Public Health podcast with your host, Dr. Ki Chan. What is public health? To me, public health is the invisible force that keeps you healthy every day, and I bet you didn't even know it. This podcast is your source of the latest trend in public health. These are based on my own observation and discussions with colleagues in the field in nonprofit, for-profit, private industry, healthcare, pharmaceutical, and in public health organizations. Some of these careers are emerging based on new technology and emerging fields such as digital health, artificial intelligence, and augmented reality or virtual reality platforms. And at the end of the episode, please stay through so that you can hear how you can get in touch with me and how I can help you in deciding whether some of these careers are for you or you're thinking about transitioning into these fields and you're not sure if you have the skill set or if you have the educational background or how you would even get a foot or a toe in the door. I'm going to have my contact information at the end of the episode, so please stay tuned to the end. So let's dive into the 20 emerging careers in public health in the year 2020. The 20 careers that I decided to share with you today are in no particular order. So what I mean by that is one is not necessarily better than number two. Number one position is not necessarily makes more money than number two. So I just want you to keep that in mind as I go over the list. However, in each of the positions, I will go over a job description, uh, share with you the typical workplace environment so you have an idea if this is the indoor and outdoor position, and particularly if you're a people person, you know, if some of these positions requires you to talk with people, you have to work in groups, this may be best for someone who's more extroverted as opposed to someone who's more introverted. So I'll make a note of that as I share these different career paths. Then we'll go over education and training requirements. And then last, we'll go over salary ranges. So let's get started. Number one, health and wellness manager. A health and wellness manager plans, manage, and lead programming in health and wellness for different groups of people or patient groups to optimize their health, reduce stress, sickness, and to promote mental health. Health and wellness manager can work in corporation, for-profit, nonprofit, industry, healthcare, university, or medical centers where they have access to the needs of the communities and can communicate these programs to the people in need and communicate the finding as a result of participating in these programs. Health and wellness manager also can teach and lead workshops and give seminars about these different programs. They can be involved in research to evaluate the success of the program. They want to assess whether what worked, what didn't, and why. And can we do better next time? What can we do the same for a different population? Can we extend it to a different community? Can we achieve the same result with a lower cost? The Typical work environment, health and wellness manager, tend to be in both public health facilities and for private. They can work alone in their office, during their planning phase, and during the implementation and managing phase, they spend most of their time working with the general public or their population of interest or patient group in order to offer these health education programming. So let's go over the education and training requirement. Most health and wellness managers host at least a bachelor's degree in health, public health, exercise, science, or some related field related to health. 
Some employers actually require some individuals to even hold master's degree levels in public health. So you may want to look at the job description and qualification in the different posting. So let's dive into the salary. Um, the salary range is from $90,000 to $110,000 for health and wellness manager. The salary varies according to work experience and the demand for the health and wellness program in the um, nonprofit and for-profit sector. By the year 2026, it's estimated that this is one of the most demanding and grow and one of the career paths that's growing much faster than the average at 20% by the year 2026. Number two, public health engineer. If you like to design technical solutions that help improve population health and you're good at math, physics, and design, you may want to consider a career as a public health engineer who works to ensure that the infrastructure, the structure, machinery, equipment, are properly designed and to maintain to reduce the risk of injury, infection, and illness to the public. Um, the typical workplace environment for a public health engineer um, is in the office or in a laboratory setting. As you can see that they'll probably travel to the field to test, to assess whether the machinery is working properly and how to do different assessments to make improvement. So they're also involved with quality improvement, um, performance management, which are probably analysis they would do back in the office. So public health engineers are both in the field and also in the office. They work for the federal, state, and local government, and sometimes they may work for private sectors, uh, specifically in regards to research, development, or even consulting. The education and training requirement for a public health engineer includes um, getting a bachelor's degree, typically in engineering, with a concentration in either mechanical engineering, chemical engineering, electrical engineering, or industrial engineering. Um, the work of a public health engineer requires both understanding the math, the physics, um, the biological sciences, and health. The salary range um, is from $95,000 to $150,000, and the demand for public health engineers is projected to grow through 2026 at an average rate of 9%. Number three is a biostatistician. If you love math and storytelling, consider being a biostatistician. They use math and statistics in their research of life sciences um, that also includes public health, medicines, environmental sciences, and they basically use statistics to help interpret and tell the story um, behind the science. Um, they use this information to help plan and for program implementation. Um, the typical workplace environment for biostatistician um, is usually um, at the local, state, or federal government. Sometimes they also work in university, pharmaceutical companies, private sectors, um, dealing with private research forums. And most biostatisticians work in an office space where they're usually behind a computer looking at a lot of data, big data, and doing a lot of different statistical analysis. Sometimes they're in the laboratory working with bench scientists, um, trying to understand maybe some of the science behind the numbers and so that they can communicate the numbers more effectively. Um, the education and training requirement for a biostatistician are usually a bachelor's degree in statistics, mathematics, or some type of discipline that really um, focuses on quantitative skills. 
And the top jobs for biostatisticians often, oftentimes requires a master's degree. And to have a leadership role, oftentimes they require a PhD or some doctorate degree, either in medicine or a doctor of science. The salary range is from $82,000 to $120,000, um, depending upon the discipline. If you work in industry or in pharmaceutical, um, you can, your salary range can also range over $200,000 per year. Um, because of the drive toward big data and the use of artificial intelligence, this makes biostatisticians one of the grow fastest growing professions in the nation. And it's been estimated at a growth of 33% by the year 2026. So for folks out there who are interested in math and want to make an impact in the health, consider um, getting a degree in biostatistics. Number four, a public health nurse. A public health nurse improves community health through clinical care, patient care, and through community health practices. And what I mean by this is not only are they caring for a patient on a one-on-one -on -one basis, they're also looking at patients from a community perspective. So maybe, maybe they notice that a certain type of patients are coming in for a particular condition over a period of time. And then based on epidemiological data and observational data, they notice that maybe it's a lack of nutritional um, foods in a particular region that had led to an increase in diabetic services. And so from that perspective, maybe a public health nurse can reach out to this community and provide screening for diabetes, or maybe provide educational workshop on healthy cooking, healthy nutritional diets, um, healthy choices, um, understanding sugar intake. Um, so these are different ways that public health nurse can use their clinical background in improving population health. So the typical workplace of a public health nurse is both at a healthcare facility, could be a medical center, could be at a university hospital, and they can also work for a government agency, community health centers, and any type of organization that aims to improve community health through access to healthcare. Um, you can think of public health nurse as someone with multidisciplinary skill sets, because not only do they have to understand the clinical perspective, but they also need to have knowledge in public health management and policy making. The education and training requirement for a public health nurse includes getting a bachelor's degree and specifically having a degree in nursing. Um, in some cases, they can get a bachelor in nursing with a public health certification. Um, sometimes they may also decide to get um, a register, become a registered nurse, and then and then pursue a master's of public health. Um, in some universities, they also provide an opportunity for nurses to acquire a PhD or a doctor of nursing practice. The salary range is from $65,000 to $85,000. And this depends on the level of education and work experience. Um, if you are a public health nurse leading a research team or leading a program or having a more administrative role, your salary will probably be above $85,000. The demand for this position is increasing by 15% by the year 2026. It is expected that public health nurses is in demand because we're in a shortage of nurses and we need nurses to understand both the clinical and the public health arena. Number five, epidemiologists. 
and epidemiologists are kind of like detectives solving crimes. What bad thing has been done to people by these infectious disease agents? Who's the real bug? What what are the bacteria and viruses out there causing the pain and suffering uh, in the people here? So epidemiologists are tasked with identifying public health problems by determining the cause of the illness. What is the spread of the disease, the epidemic, the outbreak? By studying the patterns of the spread of these different types of illnesses, they can help advise public health policies, um, help develop new programs, new treatment, new vaccine programs to help eliminate or reduce the risk of infection. The typical workplace of uh, epidemiologists is either in a medical facility, hospital, or in laboratory where they're looking at the data. Um, if they're specifically dealing with infectious disease agents, they may be in a lab that's highly secured. Uh, sometimes um, some epidemiologists only look at chronic diseases, so they only look at big data that's provided um, through the registry. Um, they could be employed by the federal government, um, also other federal agencies such as the central such as the Center for Disease Control, CDC. And so in some cases, epidemiologists may go on the field, so they're actually collecting data. So if there's an outbreak, they may actually go out to the location where the outbreak occurred. Let's say all these people got sick, got diarrhea, and they would track back where did they, where was the last, where was the last area that they, all these different people um, interacted, what did they eat, what did they touch, where were they at? What did they smell? And so they actually have to go back to the field to do testing um, to see what who was exposed and what was the level of risk. The education and training requirement often requires at least a master's in public health, an MPH degree in epidemiology, and sometimes a doctorate degree um, so that they have the mastery of quantitative skills. The salary range is from $70,000 to $100,000, and the field has been determined to be growing at an average rate of 8% between 2020 and 2026. Number six, emergency preparedness specialists. Emergency preparedness specialists are responsible for providing emergency preparedness training to first responders and to the general public. That's you. You probably have met them. They're the folks that are in the ambulance, um, the first responders, and even at your local public health department, fire department, police, hospital. Emergency preparedness specialists are in many different areas. In the last 10 years, we had experienced quite a few national disasters, such as the hurricane, earthquake, fire, and flood, and the flu and other infectious disease epidemics. If you know you have a great composure in the midst of crisis and you enjoy helping people to help themselves, help them lead to safety, direct guidance in the midst of chaos and an uncertainty, and have a high tolerance for risk, then you may be perfect for a job as an emergency preparedness specialist. They're required to evaluate community-wide emergency preparedness plans and may formulate disasters and terrorism response plan. The typical work environment of uh, emergency preparedness specialists generally work for the state, federal, public safety offices. They're required to interface with general safety professionals and make regular trips to community centers, schools, and other public gatherings. The educational and training requirement is usually a bachelor's degree in, an, in a major such as emergency preparedness, uh, emergency management, public safety, and other related discipline. 
Since 9-11 and the establishment of the Department of Homeland Security, specialized degrees in the field has become much more common. So the salary range for emergency preparedness specialists usually range between $70,000 to $90,000. And with the continued growth of security sector and the demand for specialists, it is expected to rise in the near future. Number seven, health promotion program coordinator. Health promotion program coordinators oversees the planning and management of public health programs. If you're organized and like to plan and schedule tasks and events and keep people on time, meeting their deadlines, then you could be a great coordinator. They work closely with health and wellness managers and outcome researcher. Program coordinators develop education material and generally required to apply for granting, grant fundings for their program. So if you're a type A personality and you like to organize and you really are really great at organizing your time and energy level, this will be a great job for you. The work environment is generally in governmental agencies, nonprofits, and also in university. They spend the majority of their time in the office settings. However, they could travel to different places where they need to do the implementation, the planning, and the programming. The education that is required is usually a master's or a bachelor's degree in health promotion and or public health. And most organizations do require the job candidates to have a master's degree, but if you have enough work experience in program management or you're a person, a people person, uh, they may um, account for those years of work experience um, to count toward your degree qualification. The salary range for a health promotion program coordinator is roughly between $60,000 to $70,000. The salaries are generally based upon the size of the program. So the bigger the program you're running, the higher the salary will be. Number eight, nutritionist. You are what you eat. If you love food, cooking, and talking about cooking, and talking about healthy recipes, learning about the science of cooking, food, and how to coordinate different diets for different disease groups, um, then you might consider a career as a nutritionist. And nutritionists are experts in dietary requirements for the human being. They analyze the eating habits, the characteristics of patients and clients to create meal plans and administrator advice on eating for specific health goals to maintain a general health. The typical work environment of nutritionists are usually employed by hospital, um, while 10% work in outpatient clinics, doctor office, and also in nursing home. Um, the other places could include as government, including school, cafeteria, health education agency. The education requirement is usually a bachelor in nutrition. In some cases, you may also require a master's degree. Usually these degrees are in nutrition, food management, or in public health. And in some states, it is required that you do a year of internship where you have work experience working with a client to assess their uh, meal plans and evaluate the outcome of your meal plan. The range, the salary range for nutritionists is between $59,000 to $80,000. And expect in this particular field of nutritionists, it's expected to rise by 14%. And the reason why is because people are becoming much more cognizant about how food could be used as medicine. And so I would imagine that nutritionists could play a very important role as part of your primary care physician visit, um, as a part of hospital visits, and so it become much more of a mainstream um, career. Number nine, health center administrator. 
healthcare administrator manage healthcare facilities and direct and coordinate healthcare services. Sometimes they're part of the C-suite, which is Ofcom, which is where the position C stands for chief. So they're part of the chief executive officer, chief financial officer, chief medical officer. So now in the era of public health 3.0, chief strategy officer CSO is much needed to develop the strategic partnership to meet the new demand and the need for our generation. They need to be familiar with the technical language such as big data and also the scientific language in order to recommend evidence-based practice and also have a high social and emotional intelligence so they can connect with many different groups of people. The typical work environment is they usually work in hospital, but they also can work in outpatient doctor's office, nursing home, other type of home healthcare um, companies and outpatient clinics. The training requirement is that usually requires a degree in healthcare administration. In some places, maybe an MBA with a, with a degree in public health, health services, or business administration. The salary range is between $90,000 to $250,000. But if you're leading a major healthcare organization, the range could be even between $300,000 to $500,000 a year. The range is huge based on the revenue generated at the medical center and the volume of patients in the area. So it's expected that the job growth for health center administrator to grow by 20%. So if you're interested in working in the healthcare industry and you're good with uh, having managerial skills and you're a very people person and you want to contribute to the healthcare industry, you may consider merging your interest in public health and getting a degree in healthcare administration or MBA. Number 10, a management policy advisor. So if you like writing policy and you like managing time, people, and your energy, consider a job in a management policy advisor. What they do is they analyze management activity at the organizational level, making sure the activities are reaching its outputs and making an impact. And also writing policy, analyzing policy, implementing implementing policy changes at the organization level, making sure there's equity, um, reducing any health disparity, and making sure that the um, resources are accessible to everyone in the organization. So individuals are interested in management, but also in making sure that these activities are sustainable over a long period of time, then policy needs to be implemented. So it combines both the skill sets of management and policy writing as a management policy advisor. The typical work environment is usually at the office. And if you are a person that like writing, um, then being a policy advisor is a great uh, career path for you. But also, if you are interested in interacting with people, making sure that you manage people's expectations, time, and energy so that they reach their goal um, for the organization, then adding the management part of a management policy advisor position would be of a great interest to you. The training requirement is usually a master's degree in management, policy, public health, or in leadership. The salary ranges is usually between $80,000 to $100,000. Salaries for a management policy advisor greatly depends on the actual work environment. So if you're working in a for-profit versus a non-profit, the salary would definitely vary. Um, there is a huge demand for a management policy advisor in the new future. Number 11 is health communication specialists. 
So if you like to talk to people and you're great with writing and you are very tech savvy on social media and you're good with words, images, then you may want to consider a job as a health communication specialist. And especially if you like writing, reading, talking about health and fitness and health and how to improve your health from eating healthy foods, proper diet, and looking at all different trends, um, but also investigating the science behind these trends, then you may consider a job in communication. They're using an expert also in management and public relations. So not only do you have to be good with words, you need to be able to market those words. So the workplace, um, the work, um, so the typical environment for a communication specialist um, varies. It could be a public venue, such as a nonprofit organization, public schools, universities, but also a community settings. Um, the requirement is usually uh, a bachelor's degree in communication or health communication, and having some experience in healthcare, public health, or in business. Um, other um, degrees in journalism, communication, marketing um, could also fit and fulfill the job requirement. The salary is usually between $50,000 to $70,000 a year. And because um, there is a huge trend on health and fitness and people are always thinking about how to be more healthier, always changing the new trend, so health communication specialist is in demand in, in the new future. Number 12 is a community health worker. If you are passionate about a specific community and a specific cause, let's say it's improving maternal health or children health um, or improving um, access to health, whatever that is, and you want to promote healthy living in your community, then you may want to consider being a community health worker. What they do is they promote healthy living by educating people in their community about disease prevention and connecting them with resources um, and also connecting them to the healthcare services. In addition to providing these informal counseling sessions, they also advocate for the needs of their community and they help the community members to help build capacity so they can act on their behalf. So the typical work environment for community health workers are usually found in hospital, community health settings, social work organizations, public health department, but they're always in the community. So if you're a type of person who don't want to be behind the desk and you like interacting with the community on the go, then you might want to consider a job as a community health worker. The education requirement is usually a bachelor's degree in um, public health and communication, but in some cases, even having an associate degree is sufficient as long as you are, go through the specific training in the organization to understand how to communicate the health practices, um, be able to be responsible, uh, connecting with um, people who are in need to the resources. And usually there's a protocol um, that's, already, that's already been established and you just need to share that with the community. The salary range is usually between $40,000 to $60,000. And because there is a need for building stronger communities, community health workers um, are shown to increase up to 20% in the next five years. Number 13 is a public health attorney. So if you're interested in the legal system and, and you want to help advocate for the health of the people, your people, your community, then you might want to consider being a public health attorney for the local, state, and national level. What they do is they help craft policies, set regulations, pass law governing health care standards, so making sure that we um, address health equity and health disparity. 
In addition, um, public health attorneys also advocate for patients and victims, balancing the public good against individual rights. Um, so if you're interested in the law, but you have a tender heart toward um, the health and wellness of community, consider um, maybe um, having, a special, specialist, uh, having a specialty in public health. The typical work environment is usually at the law office, but also they could work at the government agency, nonprofit, or even a traditional law firm. The, the education requirement is usually a JD, um, and they need to be licensed to practice law in that specific state. The salary range is between $100,000 to over $180,000, and it's really going to depend on the specific state where they're practicing. Number 14 is a policy advisor. If you're interested in health disparity and you want to make sure health services is accessible and equitable and you believe that there's something missing in our current healthcare policy and you want to add to this um, either by changing or modifying our health insurance plan or policy, then you may want to consider writing policy. And as a policy advisor, you will use your techniques in policy in political, legal, and medical expertise to influence, guide, and inform politicians and organizations um, to make these changes. They're also responsible for researching the benefits and giving evidence related to how these new policies are going to impact at a public health level. The typical work environment is that they tend to work um, at organizations that are specific in advocacy, public health, or even think tank. Um, usually the work is conducted mostly at the office, um, but there's times where they would have to either go to the Hill to defend the policy or work with um, community levels, community members um, to help develop these policies that, and to see which of these that they would buy into. The educational requirement is usually um, a master's, a bachelor's or a master's degree in, po in political science, public health, or something related to some legal field um, so that you have that policy advisory um, expertise. The salary range is usually between $80,000 to $150,000. And again, this is going to depend on whether you're working for a for-profit, non-profit, think tank, or for the government. Number 15 is a public health journalist. Like a detective, when if you're interested in finding out the truth about a specific study, you want to see if the rumors about this new healthcare trend, this new health diet, or this new way of improving um, certain type of lifestyles. Number 15, a public health journalist. Now, if you are like a detective and you're interested in finding out the truth about a study, like what are the rumors of this new health trend or this new diet or this new superfood is truly going to be the next superstar in, in improving population health, then you may want to consider a job as a public health journalist because you're responsible for writing these feature stories and articles about medical topics and you want to find out the truth. You want to assess and evaluate the evidence and not just any type of evidence like it does the evidence have show significance um, based on the sample size based on the statistics based on the demographic characteristics of the study and what's a study rigorously rigorously designed um, they also help communicate these crucial information about for example new vaccines uh, about a new epidemic um, to the general public so they need to be able to translate complex scientific information to the general public so that they're informed to make their own personal decisions. Um, the typical work environment for public health journalists are usually at major newspapers, magazines, or trade journals. 
The education requirement is usually a bachelor's or master's degree in public health, journalism, technical writing, or any type of related field um, that combines education, communication, and public health. Um, the pay rate really varies depending upon whether you're working for a top-notch journal or, or you're working as a sole uh, independent person as having your own blog. So it can range between $40,000 to $60,000 as your annual salary. Number 16 is a public health veterinarian. So if you have a passion for animal rights, um, you really believe that they should, uh, animals sh should have the right to live in healthy condition, then you may want to consider being a public health vet, where you will work with federal and local government, hospitals, and general public to monitor, control, and prevent and reduce human and animal disease. So you will work as a researcher, an epidemiologist, and other specialists to help investigate and monitor outbreaks um, that animals can transmit these diseases to humans. And so, such as the rabies, malaria, and any type of viruses um, that you've that we've been um, hearing about that's been transmitted from animals to humans. They also monitor farm and processing plant environments. So they're making sure that there is high level of safety, um, high quality of animal derivatives, medicines and cosmetic and food products. So they really want to make sure that what is being used um, in, the, in, in the animal industry is being safely monitored to be used um, in humans. The typical work environment is they work in a clinic, office, laboratory, and outdoor environment because they're working with animals, assessing um, sometimes if there's an outbreak, they're out in the field then, working with people. Um, they do require a doctorate degree in veterinary medicine and also a master's degree in public health. The typical salary range is about $100,000 to $150,000, depending upon um, where the demand for these specialists in what specific state. But there, it's been anticipated, given that there has been more recent outbreak um, between animal viruses to human, um, transmitting to human, uh, I think there's going to be a huge demand of public health veterinarians um, to be a part of public health departments in, over in the next decade. Number 17 is a public health physician. So if you're interested in medicine and you want to serve more than one patient at a time, then you might want to consider being a public health physician, um, which is an opportunity for you to advocate for preventive care, ensuring quality medical care is provided to all your members and the general public by, you know, you can conduct research, teaching health classes, and also even have a leadership role um, in the community by advocating um, certain types of uh, public health practices, preventive care um, that could help reduce disease. They work directly with patients to diagnose diseases, but they also look at the population as a whole to see, you know, are there other factors beyond just the genetic factors and um, infectious disease factors that influence this disease um, that's being manifested. So many public health physicians also are considered preventative medicine physicians. The typical workplace for a public health physician is usually at the hospital, public health facility, universities, government agencies. Um, the education requirement is that they must hold a medical degree, MD, and they oftentimes are certified in board, and they're often board certified as a preventative med. They're also generally required to be board certified as a preventative medicine specialist, and some of them also hold a public health degree. The salary range for a public health physician is usually between $150,000 to $200,000 per year. And the demand for a public health physician is projected to be about 10% um, in the next five years. Number 18 is an outcome 
researcher. Because there's so many public health programs and so many new diets and the best therapy to improve X, Y, and Z, sometimes the public can get a little bit confused about, okay, which of these is the best practices? I mean, in 2019, we said we should do X, Y, and Z. Now in the year 2020, we should try X, Y, and Z. And the diet plan that was set out in 2019 isn't as effective. So there's all these information that's being presented to the public. So as an outcome researcher, what they do is they study the effectiveness of these healthcare practices and programs and all this evidence is being shown to you. They analyze how well treatments work and the quality of life after receiving such treatment. So outcome researchers, they, what they do is they compile all this data, they analyze the collected data, and they present this data to healthcare facilities and to stakeholders to decide, you know, what is, you know, is it true that we should do X, Y, and Z, or should we consider doing A, B, C? And so what they do is they help stakeholders decide, should we continue the program or stop or extend or expand? And should we invest in more money, time and effort um, for this particular program, this policy? So the work environment for most outcome researchers are usually in the hospital, public health facility. Um, they do spend some time gathering data in the field or sometimes if it's um, data that's already collected, then they're usually at the office. The education requirement is usually a degree in public health, um, statistics, and sometimes they may hold a degree in epidemiologists or in public health. Um, they must have some research and outcome research where they need to understand how to assess and evaluate um, this type of research. Um, the salary range is usually between $80,000 to $130,000 per year. And the demand for outcome research is, is going to continue to grow because as new drugs are being developed and new policy and new programs and new diets are being developed every year, we're going to need to have more outcome researchers to assess the validity of these new programs and all these new different um, information that's being presented to us for and help us to make more better informed decisions. Number 19 is mental health researcher. Mental health in the U.S. is a public health emergency right now. I mean, there's just such negative stigma attached to mental health that people are even afraid to seek help when they actually need it. And people who can identify who needs it and don't know how. Number 19 is a mental health researcher. Mental health in the U.S. is a public health emergency. There's such a negative stigma attached to mental health that people are afraid to seek help when they actually need it. And the people who can identify Mental health in the U.S. is such... Number 19, mental health researcher. Mental health in the U.S. is currently a public health emergency. There is such a negative stigma attached to mental health that people are, are afraid to seek help when they actually need it. Mental health researchers examines the cause and, um, and does research on prevention and treatment options and mental conditions and help promote awareness within the community. So for example, gun violence that occurs in a specific community. Now, what measures support can we provide for this community? So that's what a mental health researcher does. They look at a, a specific issue and look at the cause and look at the effect and try to, um, try to then propose intervention on whether is it access to the um, to more services, um, or is it about treating the specific symptoms, um, speaking with the people that were impacted by the, situ by the situation and offering solutions. The, um, the typical work environment of a mental health researcher is they usually spend time conducting research, they're in the community, talking with community group members, um, really analyzing the data to see, you know, what is, what is the cause and what are the inter different types of therapy intervention that we could implement to help um, address this specific issue. 
the educational requirement is usually a master's degree and sometimes even a PhD or MD that's uh, related to mental health, psychology, and they must have strong communication skills. The salary range is from you know, $53,000 to $110,000 per year. And given that there is an a huge public health need um, in mental health, there's going to be a, a, a need for more mental health researchers in the next five years. Number 20, a professor of public health. Professors of public health have a major impact on public health because they are responsible for shaping and teaching the future public health worker. So I might be a little biased here because I am a professor of public health. I have a PhD in epidemiology and public health and a master's degree in management, and I like to teach about management and leadership in public health. I love teaching my students in class, online. I do research um, that looks at evaluation of public health programs. I like to assess um, the value of new public health program by assessing the costs, um, assessing the benefits and the outcomes. So what I do is I take a look at the uh, data and I look at the data and assess the trend over the past few years. And I have used modeling to project whether the program will continue its path or whether we should consider different modification to the program in order to meet the demand of the general population. So this is where I love teaching about modeling. So I do a lot of mathematical modeling simulation to assess whether given the um, resources at hand, so the cost of a program, um, personnel, and anything that's related to the cost of supporting your program, compared to the cost of the benefits. So did you truly make an impact? And if you did truly make an impact from this program and it really have made a positive impact in this community, you should see a positive return on investment. And so this is where I do my mathematical modeling to assess positive return on investment. And then if you want to extend whether this program made a societal impact, then I look at the social return on investment, which is SRLI, which is social return on investment. And so these are the type of analysis that I do as a professor of public health based on my interests. Um, other professors of public health, based on their expertise, could look at infectious diseases, and with infectious diseases, they could look at HIV, look at SARS, look at malaria. If you're a professor of biostatistics, then you may conduct research to assess the significance of outcome compared to its effect in certain specific studies. If you're a professor of health policy, then you would do research in looking at um, new policies, analyze current policy, develop new policies, implement new policies um, based on evidence, based on research, based on the need for the population. If you're a professor of health economics, then you look at different um, economic metrics um, to see what are um, costs of healthcare, costs of public health programs, and whether those impacts are being made based on the economic inputs. And if you're a professor in recurrent child health, you will look at specific programs, um, research, and teaching that specifically relates to improving maternal and child health. And so as you see, a professor of public health, they then specialize based on their interests and based on their expertise. So in my case, my expertise um, relates to management and leadership, specifically looking at evaluation, financial evaluation of new public health programs. And since I'm trained as a geneticist, I also specifically look at public health genomic programs, which is that deals with genetic testing, newborn screening, um, new genomic types of um, related therapy. So I assess 
whether these programs using these specific tools are truly effective. And if they are effective, are they cost effective? So the general educational requirement um, for a professor of public health is they usually do need to have a doctor degree, a public health degree, um, either a PhD or a doctor of public health um, that's related to public health. The salary range is going to really range depending upon the, the institution where you're teaching and doing research. So it could range between $60,000 to over $150,000 per year. It would also depend where you're an adjunct, a full-time faculty, a part-time faculty, your research faculty, where you're on tenure track, non-tenure track, clinical track. So there are all these different tracks for a professor um, at the university level. Um, and for me personally, being a professor has been a very incredible experience. Like I get to basically study um, what I enjoy. I basically get to read and learn more about what I enjoy reading about. And then once I learn about it, I then teach it. And I get to teach other people about something that I'm interested in. So for me, being a professor of public health has been a very um, rewarding career. And I continue to enjoy meeting my students, meeting new students, and hoping to share my joy of public health with them. And that is, this is one of the reasons why I started my podcast is to continue to share my joy about public health and how you may want to consider a, getting in, in a career in public health. So thank you so much for tuning in the What is Public Health podcast. And you can find my contact information and resources on the show notes. And feel free to connect with me online and offline. Thanks. If you got questions about any of the episodes, feel free to reach out to me directly. And while you're there at it, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episode that you felt connected with so that we could be a part of this collective invisible force called public health. Thanks.